You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now let's have a discussion on the Prophet's way of showing compassion to Imam Al-Hassan and Hussein. Because remember, he's our role model, he's our prophet. We want to see how did he deal with his uh, grandchildren. Before I narrate to you some hadiths, if you remember, I just stated one hadith that when Imam Al Hassan was born, the Prophet basically um, kissed him on his lips and he put his tongue in his mouth, and Imam Al Hassan sucked the Prophet's tongue. Now when we hear these hadiths in our culture, this is unusual, right? You find this maybe problematic even, unusual, why, the, why would the Prophet do that? So let's have a discussion on this, why do you think the Prophet did that? Yes brother. Um, I think it's, I know that the, the, Yahud, the, the Jewish uh, culture, um, I remember watching a video online, they had that type of tradition where they either like kiss the baby on the forehead, but they have some type of uh, tradition where like, there's like a special cloth that they wrap them around with. I think it deals with more that they're becoming, um, that they, they want them to inspire knowledge with their religion soon enough. And it deals with like anointing, anointing somebody, somebody to be special into the family. Or like for example, when the rabbis, they have bar mitzvahs. Um, I, I know that they, they want the like process of like being uh, at a certain level with like having intelligence with their religion and then having a spiritual relationship with with with, um, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I know it's, it deals more with having tradition and anointment and having them to be accepted. And, and so the suckling of the tongue is one way to achieve that? Maybe, maybe so. Like breastfeeding is like a very good example. So like when, they, when she's breastfeeding her child, she's basically acknowledging that's her child. So maybe, you know, that type of process was a tradition. Okay, these are some thoughts here. Uh, any other thoughts? Because today, I'll be very honest with you, people are looking at these traditions, they're like, you know, this is unusual, why, did the, why would the Prophet do something un inappropriate like that? So how do we respond to that? I guess it suggests closeness. And the Prophet wants to show that he's extremely close to his grandson. Yeah. It's like he's literally a part of him. Okay, so we're trying to figure out when Allah commanded him to do that, how is that appropriate? Because Allah doesn't ask a prophet to do anything indecent, right? So how can we make sense of what the prophet did? So here's, here's some thoughts on that. Number one, we when we look at these events, it's unfair for us to impose our culture on previous cultures. Today one problem we have especially in the West with our culture, we become arrogant thinking that our culture is the best culture in history and every other way is wrong, our way is right. Who told you? You have a culture today, China has its own culture, um, uh, India has its culture, the Middle East has its own culture, Africa has its own culture, why is your culture superior? Who made it superior? Just because you have power in the media you're superior? 
or sometimes they look at traditions in the past, right? Etiquette, the age of marriage, and basically just because I come in my society and say the age of marriage is 18, that's it. Anything else is wrong. Okay, who came up with the age of 18? Who says the age of 18 is the legal age? Maybe it's 16, maybe it's 17, maybe it's 20. Why do you think you're the center of morality in the universe? In the universe, everyone's wrong and you're right. This is unacceptable. So at the cult, at the time, these type of compassionate gestures to show to those whom you really love was normal. Maybe today, yeah, it could be abnormal, someone doing that with a child. But it doesn't mean that it's wrong. We have to see what the purpose is behind it. So that's one way of looking at it. Don't impose your culture. What you find unusual in your culture can be perfectly normal in another culture. That's number one. Number two, the Prophet came in an era where the Arabs found it difficult to show compassion to their small kids because they considered kids like animals. Here, I have evidence. Ahmed ibn Hanbal, he narrates, he says from Abu Huraira, not everything that Abu Huraira narrates is false, you know there are some hadiths that make sense, this is one of them. Abu Huraira, Abu Huraira says, I saw the Prophet kissing Hassan and Hussein, and therefore one of the companions, his name is Uyayna, another hadith says it was Al-Aqra ibn Habis, he said to the Prophet, I had 10 kids, never did I kiss one of them. Basically he was telling the Prophet, you know, you're kissing them, you know, why? They're just kids. The Prophet said, Man la yarham la yurham. The one who has no mercy towards his kids, he's not going to get mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in another hadith, the Prophet became upset, basically, until he was visibly seen being angry. The Prophet tells him, "In What am I going to do with you if there's no mercy in your heart? So the Prophet lived in a society where these Arab men found it difficult to show emotion and love to their children. So how do you break that barrier? Sometimes you have to do something dramatic so people see it to kind of change that perception. So that's maybe one reason why the Prophet did that. The third reason, the Prophet is the source of purity. See the concern is with someone doing that to a child, having a child suck your tongue, maybe it could be a hygiene thing, right? There's bacteria on your tongue, you can get the child sick, otherwise what's wrong? Yani? There's no other concern, it's not like you're hurting the child. The only concern is the medical perspective, right? Bacteria being transferred to the mouth of the child. Well, the Prophet is no ordinary man, he's purified by Allah and in fact Sunni and Shia hadith tell us the saliva of the Prophet was healing. Sunni and Shia hadith. That's why at the battlefield, if people were severely injured and the Prophet would take some of his saliva and apply it to the wound, it would immediately heal. So this is not an ordinary man who doesn't upkeep his hygiene and he could make the baby sick, this is Rasulullah, the source of purity on earth or in the universe.
So in no way is he harming Hassan and Hussein. He's showing his immense love for them without harming them physically. So yes. Tabuk, his eyes. Yes, the, the Prophet put some of his saliva on the eyes of Imam Ali and immediately they were healed. Exactly, that's another example. So not just at the battlefield, but even if someone struggled with an illness or severe ache, the Prophet Allah would heal that person through the saliva of the Prophet. So see the Prophet is not an ordinary person, so it's okay for him to do this with Imam Hassan and Hussein. In no way is he um, you know, putting, putting them at risk. Yes. So that's another way of looking at it. Number four, Imam Hassan and Hussein are literally from the Prophet. Husaynun minni wa anam al Hussein. We come from the same source, the same light, he's a part of me. So don't compare him to just any grandson. No, the Prophet says Hussein is from me. So the Prophet could do something like that. Any, any other thoughts? Do you find it something unusual or it's perfectly acceptable? <laughs> At first glance it sounds <laughs> At first glance, but then once you go through uh, these points, it makes more sense, right? Sayyid, have you um, heard of like the tradition of the Yahud, like the, the culture of... Like of the newborn? It's very similar to us, by the way. Yes, their Sharia is very similar. So the rituals they do for a newborn is very, very similar to the rituals that we do to the newborn. Even the circumcision, it's part of their Sharia. So yeah, we're very close from that aspect. Even their prayer, the time of their Salah, they have three main times. You know, at dawn, um, later in the afternoon, at sunset, even the times of prayer are similar to our times. The ritual showers that they do is very similar to the ritual showers that we do. What's halal and what's haram in terms of the animals, how it's slaughtered is very similar to us. So their sharia is very similar to our sharia, absolutely.